Let's pray. Lord, you are welcome in this place. We love you so much. We love you, love you, love you, Jesus. You are a good and faithful father. We trust that you would speak to us through your word today. We trust that you would speak to us through your Holy Spirit. We trust that you would empower us and open our hearts and our mind to hear and to receive the truth of your word. We thank you, Lord, for lifting us and filling us and encouraging us to overflowing. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Hallelujah. 2022, the year of patience. Amen. The patience of prayer. Uh, this morning, we're going to look um, to a couple of the main um, word in the Bible, which is found in Philippians 4, verse 4, 7, and Romans 12, verse 12. Last year, um, we know for a fact that there has a lot of things that has, you know, we've experienced and been going through. And as this year, we had called by the Lord to embrace that calling about the year of patience. And it's not because of we, we made it up or we just said the word, you know, this is a good thing. But we felt like that this is truly what the Lord has called us together as a family of God, as a PCF family. And even last week, as Pastor Courtney have shared, um, the patient of love, you know, and this is a continuation of that, that first of all, because of our love for one another and our deep love for the word, for the Lord, born of our relationship with him, we can continue on to press on, to move on, that we don't give up easily. You know, a lot of people want everything quick and easy and rush. Everything in the world, when you look around, everything is rushing. Everything has to be like, it has to be done now or else it's not going to go anything and happen. But I think this patient is literally born out of our relationship with the Lord. We need to have a good, solid, one-on-one -on -one, um, relationship with the Lord, going through that he is the one that can truly give us that gift of patience. So today we're going to look at about the patient of prayer. Last week we talked about the love, the love of God, the love of um, our, the love for one another. This week we're going to talk about the patient of prayer. So let me read to you Philippians 4, verse 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness, patience be known to all. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your mind in Jesus Christ. Other translation in Philippians 4, it says joy in the Lord. Be joyful in the Lord. And in verse 7, sometimes it says there's the peace of God which transcends human understanding. You don't know about that. The Philippians 4 right here, it talks about that we can truly transfer. Transfer to the Lord our worry, our fear, 
our anxiety, our distress, that we can truly empty of ourselves and that we can guard against any fear and anxiety by allowing the Lord in exchange of that, that we can ask the Lord, that we can put everything into prayer and in supplication. It's like literally you're transferring your burden. What is it today that you come to church that you are heavy in your heart, that you're afraid the most, that you may be anxious? What is it that you lost sleep for the last two to three days? This word right here, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication, it's talking about to complete emptying, empty ourselves of that worry, of that burden, and transferring it to the Lord that we have to make a request known to him. It's like you have a bucket full of water. You're literally full of that, full of fear, full of worry. When you empty that, when you turn that bucket around and upside down, there's not going to be in there. There's nothing that can hold that unless it's like a miraculous, you know, thing from the Lord. But truly, that's exactly what he's saying. You're emptying ourselves, casting that care, casting that burden in the Lord. Sometimes we see this, we read this, we quote this many times, but it's just we just really don't have a thing within deep within our heart. So this verse actually is truly born in out of a relationship to the Lord. If you know the Lord within your heart, do you know that he is the peacemaker? Do you know that he reigns and he is sovereign? Do you know also, this is so beautiful, that the peace of God and prayer are connected? Church, let me say this again. The peace of God that we so desperately need in this world the peace of God that everyone is crying out. The peace and prayer are connected together. You cannot separate peace and prayer. It says here, first of all in verse 6, that we should not be anxious. But he didn't stop there. It says in everything, in everything, in prayer and supplication, that we could make our request known to God. In verse 7, the peace of God surpasses all comprehension. You don't know that. You don't understand it. You can't even comprehend it. Will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. This verse right here, as we unpack this in the next slide, I want you to really, really put this into your heart. To really know what it is to empty of yourselves of burden and anxiety and fear and worry, but instead be able to receive the peace of the Lord. You can't receive the peace of God if you hold on to fear. You cannot receive the peace of God if you worry. All of that, you got to let go. That's why it says transferring that burden to the Lord. It says, Lord, I cannot do this without you. I'm afraid, but I don't want to live in fear. And I'm giving it all to you. I'm surrendering it all to you. I'm giving it all to you. Hallelujah. Rejoice in the Lord again. I will say rejoice. This is the passage that it was not just mentioned once in here, but it says twice. Be joyful. The patience will help us to rejoice in the Lord when we have that. Verse 6 right here. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. 
you can see here not only that we can rejoice, but we can request. We can ask. You know when you go to a restaurant, you have that privilege. You go to a restaurant, you're the best paying customer. Customer, they say, is always right, but look at this. When you go, you have the right to request. What an honor, what a gift, what a privilege, what a blessing to this that you can request. How many of you today, I want you to really raise your hand. You came here to church today, but because you wanted a request, you want something from the Lord. He is a good father. He is a good father who will provide. He is a good father who will heal. He is a good father who will deliver. But you got to request. You can't just say, not say anything. It says here, verse 6, in everything in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests. You have your Bible open or you have your app in your phone? Put that word, request. Sometimes we felt like God is not a taskmaster. We should not be afraid of asking something from God. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to do anything you know, because God knows my need. No, the word says you request. Open your mouth. Open your heart. Open your minds. Write your request in a piece of paper. Lord, was it what it is that I want to be set free and be delivered today? So the word it says here in verse 6, request. First, he calls us to rejoice and then request. The reason we can rejoice, because we have hope we can request. Hallelujah, what a promise here. Look at the third, release. Remember we talk about releasing our burden to the Lord, exchanging that. So not only we can rejoice, we can request. The, in order for us to have the peace of God is we have to let go. We have to release. We have to unburden ourselves. We can carry that grudges. We can carry that pain. We can carry that fear and that worry if we don't let go and release Hallelujah. And again, and again, and again, and again. Rejoice in the Lord always again. We do it over and over and over and over and over and over again. We got to rejoice in the Lord. We got to request. We got to release, and we got to do it over and over again. It's not a one-time thing that we go to the Lord and say, you know what, Lord, all is good today. I'm well. My kids are fine. They're doing good in school. I'm healthy. I have enough money in the bank, and I'm literally been good. And then you stop right there. Every single day, this is a way of life. It was 30 years ago when I received the Lord in my heart. And 30 years ago, when one person shared a word with me in my elementary school and said to you, I will pray for you every day. On that first year, I did not receive the Lord. On the second year, I did not receive the Lord. Third, fourth, it was on my 18th birthday that finally a friend of mine, Arlene, never stopped praying for me over and over and over again and literally sharing the word over and over again for the last 12 years. And it was beautiful because I remembered saying again, this as I was preparing this, that it says, you gotta pray. She has been praying for me for 10 years. Over and over again, she never gave up on me. 
And so this word right here, whatever burden that you're carrying, if you're praying for someone who needs to know the Lord, if you need a breakthrough in your marriage and in your finances, if you have a vicious cycle of tremendous fear and worry, and some of us today, including me, we need to repent. We need to repent of fear and worry because the Lord doesn't want us to be paralyzed of worry and anxiety and fear. I'm talking about stronghold that we may not recognize this, but it is a stronghold of fear. The same verse in 1 Thessalonians, we read Philippians. We urge you, brethren, be patient with everyone. See that no one repays another with evil for evil. But always seek after that which is good for one another and for all people. Verse 16, again, it says here we can see the parallel from the word that we just read earlier in Philippians. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. You can see here again, there's a rejoicing in this particular passage right here. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Once again, you can see that we can request to God in everything give thanks that we can release to the Lord. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. Verse 19, there's talk about her prophecy. Believing the promises of God, that the promises of God are yes and amen, and it will come to pass that he is a promise keeper, that when he gives you promises, it will not die like any other kinds of promises. And he is a God who faithfully keeps promises next week don't miss out pastor benito will talk about prophecy that you can hold on to that prophetic prophecy that god has given you in your life what is the word or the promises that god has given you that had not yet fulfilled he will he will he will help you it will surely come to pass you can see here again in verse 16, there's a rejoicing. Verse 15, seek after that which is good. You got to say your request. In everything, you give thanks to the Lord. You can see that there's releasing here. And last, it says here, pray without ceasing. You don't stop. You don't give up. You pray consistently. You pray over and over again. You pray until the answer is come. You know, you pray with all of your heart, soul, and mind. You pray in the understanding and you pray in the spirit also because the Holy Spirit helps us to pray when we don't know what to do and how to pray. Romans 12 verse 10, be devoted to one another in love Rejoicing in hope, patient in affliction, devoted to prayer. Do you see the parallel here? Do you see the word from Philippians to Thessalonians? And even Paul, when he wrote this to the Romans, it gives us calling, be devoted to one another in love. Last week, we talked about patient and love. Patient helps us to deeply not only cultivate our relationship with the Lord, but to cultivate our relationship to one another in love. To be forgiving, to be loving, to extend kindness and mercy when it's so hard. To exercise patience when we don't want our brothers and sisters the way they talk, the way they treat us. But that word there in love 
is actually saying we can devote one another in love because we can rejoice and hope that there's hope for the future. There's joy for the future. Many of us, we lose hope for whatever things going on around in our circumstances, in our lives, in our nation. But in the word and in the Lord, you can rejoice in hope with expectation. You can be patient in affliction. If you're experiencing right now any pain or heartaches, or you felt like it's over and over again, and you never really truly had a breakthrough, church, don't give up. The Lord will give you the courage and the gift of patience to be able to stand. But the key, once again, is to request and to release that and to devote in prayer. That's why it says here in verse 12, devoted to prayer. Because the Lord doesn't want you to carry that burden alone. He is for you and he is not against you. Not alone. You can do all things through Jesus who strengthens you, who empowers you, who gives you the ability when you say, Lord, I cannot do this anymore. But you can. That's releasing right there. And then devoted to prayer. You can see the pattern. Go back to prayer again. Be consistent. Don't give up. It's not a one-time prayer. It's over and over again. You can see again rejoicing. Patient in affliction. You can see another here word request and release. Devoted to prayer. Repeat. Can we say this out loud? Rejoice. Rejoice. Request. Rejoice. Release. Repeat. Repeat. Do not worry, do not doubt, do not fear, do not stop. This week, I truly experienced all of this personally in my life. I was very worried, I was in doubtful, I was fearful, but I did not stop. <laughs> uh -huh. I, had a, I had a little trouble with work, um, I was... Um, I'm part of my role at work is I file income tax for my workplace and uh, my IRS password to file electronically got disabled and it was it was a hard one and I was so worried from Monday to Thursday I couldn't get hold of the anybody no one can help me you can't send it through email that I have to literally speak to a live person in the internal revenue services to be able to reset my password I've been filing in our company for 21 years. And part of that is they upgraded their system and I cannot get hold. I called Monday, I waited for three to four hours. I called Tuesday, I called Wednesday. Finally, I called Thursday. And finally, after literally spent over, literally over maybe 16, 17 hours on the phone, placed on hold, I was able to grab hold another person. But during that, whole Monday to Thursday, I said, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing the word about do not worry, do not doubt, do not fear. But I was worried. I was anxious. I couldn't go to bed. I was like, I cannot get into the system. I cannot file. And when I finally, someone grabbed hold of me and I said, oh, this is really not worth losing sleep. She literally has to speak to me in person and literally give an IRS passcode to override my password before I could even change it. 
but I did not, <laughs> one thing about it is I do not stop calling and I did not give up calling even though it was taking so long for me to do it. And so the Lord is actually teaching me even this. I'm experiencing this. I'm literally, I wasn't, I wasn't denying it. Lord, I am so fearful. I am, I am in doubt. What if, what if, what, what happened? And these are, we are all prone to do it. How many of you came today that you're worried about something that happened three months ago or worry about the future? How many of you are doubtful that how am I going to do this at work or how am I going to accomplish? I feel so inadequate at work. I don't know if I can make it. I'm so fearful about my children's future. I don't know what to do with it. And I do not stop, you know? So these are the things that we recognize that. We don't deny this. We recognize this. That's why we can say to the Lord, Lord, I am worried. I am doubtful. I am fearful. But we have the promise of the Lord that we can work here. Do not worry. Patience rejoices in prayer. What a gift that when we have that gift of patience coming from the Lord, we can rejoice in prayer. We look at that carefully in Philippians 4 and 4, 5 today, and even in 1 Thessalonians, that we do not have to worry because patience helps us to rejoice in prayer. Do not doubt. Patience requests in prayer. You can see the pattern here and the combination of the parallel that even when we doubtful, patience requests in prayer. We are consistently pursuing. Do not fear. Why do we have to be afraid and be fearful when we can release some prayer? Remember about that going into a restaurant when you can release something, when you can make your known request, when you can have your favorite meal being ordered for that? That's a happy place to be when you're going out and eating out. This is exactly what it is that, wow, when I go, I'm going to order my favorite thing on the menu. I'm going to have something, you know, good. And that's exactly what it is. It, patience releases in prayer. Do not stop. Patience repeats in prayer over and over again. In Habakkuk 3, verse 18, you can see also there, and as you're making notes, if you have your bulletin, it's also right there. You can make a note. You can study that today. You can go dig deeper in the word. And you can hunger for more of the word as you look in it. Patience rejoices in prayer. You can find it also in Habakkuk 3.18. Patience requests in prayer. You can also find it in Habakkuk 3.17. Releases in prayer. Habakkuk 3.19. And patience repeats in prayer. On the next slide, we're going to look that very carefully. Habakkuk 3, 17, 19. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no graves on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord I will be joyful in God, my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. This morning as I was preparing, I was looking at the book of Habakkuk, and I noticed something that Habakkuk is actually a prophet who's been given by a great task of the Lord 
a great leader. When he looked at about the nations throughout that, the nations has in deep turmoil. There were a lot of injustice that are happening during that time. And Habakkuk being the leader, he was tormented with this question, what? What if? What if? Aren't that so familiar? That's exactly what I've experienced when I can't get hold of people in the IRS this week. What if? What if? What if? What if if it's not going to be able to, you know, what if? There's so much injustice in this nation. People have turned away to God and turned themselves to other idols. There was a lot of strife and division. There was a lot of um, just constant um, awareness that it's not going to be good. There's not going to be turning around. When you look at a world, we've experienced hardship and a lot of pain for the last two to three years. Not just because of the pandemic, but even before that, many of us lost loved ones from different kinds of illness. Many of us lost job. You know, many of us, we need provision. And some of you may be experiencing difficult problems with your relationship that you've been asking the Lord to bring healing and restoration, but it never still happened. And this is exactly what Habakkuk was saying. Through the fig tree, that's not bad. You see, these are all external external things that are happening when you look around here things are not doing so well there are always a problem that's going to be going on and it says the fig tree does not bottom there are no grapes on the vine Habakkuk is seeing such pain here that there are no provision that there are no resources and being a leader he's given this great taskmaster that people are looking up to him but you know what makes a tremendous difference of Habakkuk? His relationship with the Lord. His deep love for the Lord. He truly knows who God is. He knows what is true of him. That regardless of your situation, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of your heartache, regardless of your problem, that you felt like you're alone. You felt like none is, no one is listening. You felt like you're asking the Lord the same thing over and over again. You felt like you couldn't get the breakthrough for this. It's like a vicious cycle. Is this nagging, you know, that nagging fear, that nagging problem that keeps going over and over again? And it becomes like, you know, it, it's going on deep inside of you. And Habakkuk was saying in verse 18, you can see here, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Church, you know how to rejoice in the Lord because you have seen over and over and over and over the faithfulness of God in your life. Even though you have a present problem, present circumstances right now that you're experiencing, Habakkuk is not denying this. He's not saying, ah, it's not true. No, pandemic is not really true. You don't have a job. No, the Lord will put money into your bank or anything like that. That's not what it is. Habakkuk recognized that there is a great need he saw it. He recognized it. Lord, I don't have a job, but I'm trusting and releasing it to you that you can provide for me. Lord, I'm hurting and I'm pain, and I need help in my marriage and my relationship. Would you help restore my marriage? Would you help restore my relationship? Lord, my children are doing their own way, and I need help you to help me as a parent and how to parent them. See, these are all recognizing, making your request known to God. 
And Habakkuk is saying, there's no fig tree around here, Lord. Everyone is dying. There's no provision. No grapes on the vine. The olive crop are failing. When you look at around our world, isn't it? This is what's happening in our world, in our nation. But as a believer, as a child of God, we can yet rejoice in the Lord. We can be joyful in the God who is our Savior, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Not only that, in verse 19, Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like a feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. You can see here, there's patience right here. Rejoicing again. Verse 18, Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes, you can see here again, there's another request. You have to make your request known to God in releasing. When you begin to release, that's when God's strength is your strength. When you're so weak, he became so powerful and strong in you and that he enables you to tread on the height. Habakkuk 2, verse 3 and 4, the vision is for a future. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, Wait patiently, for I will surely take place. It will not be delayed. I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away, but my righteous person will live by my faith. This promise right here talks about patiently waiting on the promises of the Lord. That means you can hold on to it. You can take hold of that. You can embrace that. You keep rejoicing in the Lord. You keep being joyful in the Lord. You keep worshiping the Lord. You keep joyfully, um, you know, dancing and worshiping and praising the Lord because there's hope for that. And patient is like a vehicle that keeps us going for that. Patient helps us to rejoice when things is not going to be funny and happy and all is well. Patience helps us to continually letting our request be made to God. Do you know the connection in here? Do you understand that? I'm, am I getting my thing across? Patience helps us to release. That it's not a one-time thing. Patience helps us to repeat over and over again. There is a reason here. 2019, 2020, we think pandemic will be done in eight months. I thought I'll be working two weeks from home. I work in an education, so, you know, there are things that I can do from home and things that I can't. But I'm thankful that, you know, and until now, none of us are fully, you know, going back to work because we're doing skeleton, we're doing hybrid. But the word of the Lord, it says here, we patiently wait in the Lord, not in our circumstances, not in the ways of the way our leaders are mentioning or talking or anything. We pray for our leaders and we pray for our nation out of our love for the Lord and love for one another but we continuously wait to whatever promises the Lord has given you. I believe some of you need to hear this today. You have a promise from the Lord that you've been holding on for a long time. God knows that. God sees that. You have a specific scripture, a specific word that you wrote in your journal maybe 10 years ago or 5 years ago or 2 weeks ago or just yesterday. Do not lose hope. Do not let go of the promises of the word of the Lord, for the word of God is true. It will not return to him void. 
It says here, the righteous person will live by my faith. Or maybe you have a word that you completely forgotten. Go back to the word. I really challenge you today. Go back to the word of the Lord that God had spoken to you five to ten years ago. Or maybe last week or last month. Because I felt like there's a fulfillment of that word. There's a prophecy that will come to pass. Not because of you, but because God. God is faithful to fulfill his word. And because of your patient waiting for that promise to come to pass. Church, that's good news. That's good news. There are some words that I've been holding on to the Lord that I have not seen yet fulfilled. But the Lord says here, it will surely take place. 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 It will happen. It will happen. Rejoice. Request. Release. And do it over. Do it over and over again. Do it over and over again. Wait patiently. Repeat. And the last is right here in Habakkuk. You can say, do not doubt. Do not worry. Do not fear. Do not stop. There's another reference there in Philippians 4, verse 4 to 5. Philippians 4 to 6, Philippians 4, 6 and 7, and Romans 12 and 12. Rejoices, request, releases, repeat. Nehemiah 8.10, you can see rejoicing again. In James, you can see the request and prayer. These are the words that you can take it by heart, that when you go home tonight or you can have time next week or the following week that you can actually open the word and meditate on this one. Releases and repeat. Patience rejoices in prayer. Think about that. Put that in your heart. That when you have that gift and that spirit of patience in you, you can rejoice in prayer. Patiently rejoice in prayer. Nehemiah 8.10. Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared this day is holy to the lord do not grieve for the joy of the lord is your strength this word here patiently rejoice in prayer you not only that you can make your own personal request and heavy burden to the lord but you can also provide and help others did you see how beautiful that is God wants to take care of your needs, your own personal need. He deeply, deeply, personally and thoroughly love you, care for you individually and personally. That when you make your request known to him, when you release your heavy burden to the Lord, you can be a blessing to others. He will use you to testify. He will use you to provide food for others. He will use you to bring encouragement to others. He will use you to cultivate joy to others. He will use you, not just about yourself or your family. He will use you to extend, to become his extension, to become Jesus' arms and feet to others, to be an extension of his joy to others, to be an extension of his love to others. That is what it is to patiently rejoice in prayer. Send some to those who have nothing prepared. What a beautiful, why? 
because you can rejoice in prayer regardless of what it is and in difficulty. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. It keeps you going. It motivates you. It gives you the power and the energy through the Holy Spirit to keep going, to be joyful, to be rejoicing. And it gives you the strength to do it. Patience, request, and prayer. Do not doubt because we can make a request known to God in prayer. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. So you cannot, I cannot emphasize to say that you make your request known to God. If you lack wisdom, you should ask God. Why? Because he's a generous God. He's a good God. He's a good father who gives generously good gifts to all his children. And part of that is if you lack wisdom. If you felt like you're in a bridge of decision making, you need clarity. I felt like some one of you here need clarity from the Lord. Whether it be it's for your children's future, whether it be it's for your workplace, you need some. You, need, you just need some, some direction from the Lord. You just need to benchmark with the Holy Spirit. You just need to check in with the Lord. You felt like you need you need that help from the Lord. That you need to clarify things. You need to zero it in. This word right here says, "Ask and we will give it to you." Lord, thank you. For giving my brothers and sisters spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Thank you for giving them total clarity. Thank you that the Holy Spirit leads with peace. So I pray that everyone who's hearing my voice, or maybe later in this recording, whoever needs wisdom, we thank you, Lord, that you will bring total clarity. Total clarity. Total clarity that they would know without a shadow of doubt that you are leading them and guiding them. In Jesus' name, amen. Ask, request and prayer. He will truly give you wisdom. Patience releases and prayer. Hallelujah. Exchange that heavy burden. Lord, I don't want this anymore. I'm going to unburden myself. I'm going to let go and let God be God of my life. Luke 12, verse 22 and 32. I love this verse because I can see the Father's love. Truly that he truly deeply cares. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat or about your body or what you will wear. For life is more than food and body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or rip. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How faithful God is. He cares for us. He cares for the animals. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Church, you are worthy. You are precious in the Lord's sight. You are the apple of God's sight. You are so precious. You are so valuable that he will provide. How much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why 
about the rest. Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon. And all of his splendor was dressed like one of this. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, how much more, your good Father, how much more he will clothe you, you of little faith, and do not see your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Do not be afraid. There is this famous evangelist, her name is Corinne Wood. And their family has been captured by Nazis in Germany quite some time. And her love and her faith for the Lord is like a... a, a She's one of my heroes of faith. She said that worry is like you're in a rocking chair. You know, you go in a rocking chair like this, back and forth, back and forth. But it does not go anywhere. You know, you go that over and over in your mind. I worry about this. I worry I don't have enough money in my bank. Oh, my gosh. I, I, you know, I don't like going to work. My boss is like, you, and you worry. So you go that. You repeat that. You entertain that. So it's going back and forth. So she said it's like going in a rocking chair, literally back and forth, back and forth, worry, fearful, and afraid. But then it doesn't go you anywhere. It rather empty you of your today's strength because it fear paralyzes us, you know? So worry is not going to empty our sorrow for tomorrow. Can you say that again? You know, remember that it does not empty. Worrying, it doesn't empty of our sorrow for tomorrow. It actually empties us of the strength that we need today. You can only do one thing at a time. So if we worry... The strength that we're supposed to be doing or using for something else, it robs us. And God is a good father that he loves us. That he says here, even in verse 31, seek the kingdom of the Lord. Seek his kingdom. These things will be given to you as well. The reason that he said, verse 32, do not be afraid, because he's a good father. He knows that we will be afraid. He knows that we will be scared. He's not going to punish us or, you know, make us like, oh, condemn us because we are afraid, we are fearful, we are worried. We recognize those. That's why we make a request known to God. But he knows. He's a good father. He said, don't be afraid. It's like saying, Hazel, don't be afraid. I'll take care of that work-related stuff. Don't be afraid. If you pray, I will take care of your children, even if you can't see them personally right now. Don't be afraid. I will take care of the things that you need wisdom and clarity in your workplace. Don't be afraid if there's a promises that I've given you and that has not been fulfilled or come to pass yet. That's the word of the Father to us today. Do not be afraid. That's the word of the Father to you. If you can hear my voice or listening to this recording sometime later, the word of the Lord that says, do not be afraid little flock for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom he is pleased with you he is pleased with you and he's asking us not to be afraid
patient, repeats in prayer again. And that's in Matthew 7, verse 7, 11. I'm almost on my last slide. Keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receive, and the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened, which is of you. If your child asks for bread, we'll give them a stone. Or if they ask for a fish, we'll give them a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who asked him? In other translation, it says, us. We're so familiar with that. Us, seek, and nap. And it will be given to you. But actually, in the uh, Greek word, the literal translation here, it says, keep asking. Not just us. But in the Greek, it says, keep asking, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, and the door will be open to you. That's patient right there. It's repeating again because it didn't say one time, ask. Oh, yeah, I asked this. No, keep calling that IRS. Don't let go. Monday to Thursday, you know, it's been put on hold. Put it on the speakerphone. Don't give up. Get up. You know, it's three-hour difference. It's East Coast time. Get up and, and, and three hours early. Keep asking. Is that how desperately... You need of the Lord? Is that how desperately, earnestly you need something from the Lord? Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him. Your Father in heaven. Some of you need to hear this one more time. That God is a good God. He is a good Father. He is a good father in heaven who give good gifts to those who ask him. Be reminded that he is a good father. He is a good father. He is a good father. Hallelujah. Rejoicing, requesting, releasing, and repeating. Prayer provides us a pattern for a patience to prosper. To prosper spirit, soul, and body. Not just prosper outwardly. Remember about that? We go back again with Habakkuk. His relationship with the Lord was able to withstand him in the midst of circumstances. So if we're undergoing heartaches or problems right now, we don't deny those. But we request those to the Lord and say, God, give me that courage and the patience to persevere. Give me the patience and the courage to be joyful in the midst of heartache and pain. Lord, give me. Give me that patience in the name of Jesus Christ to be able to keep going and not to lose heart and not to lose sight of what you promised. Prayer provides a pattern for our patience to prosper. Hallelujah. Pray in the pattern of patience. Patiently continue to persist in prayer always. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for your love and your faithfulness. I felt like there are some of us, including me, that we need to repent of fear, that we need to repent of this vicious cycle of worry. The Lord wants to help us today. The Lord wants to deliver us. The Lord wants to help us. I'm talking about excessive worry, not just about thinking worry, 
but deep, deep worry within you that the Lord wants to bring wholeness and deliverance. Fear. The nagging fear and anxiety that, that the burden that you do not be able to function every day, that it's hard for you to keep going. Father, we repent of that. Father, we repent. I repent of worrying too much. I repent of being so fearful. Lord, I recognize that. Would you help me today? Would you set me free? Would you bring that healing? Whether it be worry of the past, whether it be a generational curse of anxiety and fear and worry, past handing on from generation to generation, that I'm not even familiar of it any longer, Lord, because it's so familiar to me that I don't even recognize that. Lord, forgive me. And today I pray that you would refresh and strengthen me. And even as I renounce that excessive fear and worry and, and burden and that nagging anxiety, I pray that today you would set me free and heal me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that whom the Son set free is free indeed.